It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Wednesday podcast here on Maze and Brew. I am your host, team side producer, Anthony Broom. And, and we have a packed show today, so I kind of want to jump right into it here. We're going to talk about Michigan basketball's win over Creighton on Tuesday night. You'll hear my takeaways. You'll hear a little bit of audio from Juwan Howard after the game. Really awesome showing. Really nice bounce back effort. Even though they won the opener, really good. Uh, really good to see what Michigan gave you on the hardwood on Tuesday night. And also in this episode, being that it is Michigan State Week, given that there is always rivalry trash talk, rivalry banter, rivalry fodder. You're going to hear from everyone's favorite, uh, how do I put this? Someone who likes to poke the bear, uh, the Spartan bear, so to speak. If you're on Twitter, you know who he is. We're going to talk to Scott Bell in this episode coming up. But let's talk Michigan basketball first. And and I have timestamps down, um, down in the description below. So if you're looking to skip right to Scott, go for it. If you want to hang out and, and talk hoops quick, that's fine too. I know some of you may not always be here, and some of you may be Spartan fans that are here to hear actually the nice things that Scott has to say about you. I'm, I'm being dead serious about that as well. So let's talk hoops really quick. So Juwan Howard, Michigan basketball, played their second game of the year on Tuesday night in Ann Arbor. The Creighton Blue Jays were in town, the fighting McDermott, so to speak. Uh, Michigan walks out of this game with a 79-69 victory. Nice to move to 2-0 on the season. These two teams came into the game, I believe, ranked, I think it was 29 and, and 30 on Kempom, uh, something like that. So they were, and there's not a ton of data there, so it doesn't mean a whole lot, but Creighton's a team that 
it was kind of like a fringe top 25 team coming to this game. So this is going to be a big test for them, a game where you're going to find out how Jawan Howard does in a chess match with a coach like Greg McDermott, who is you know kind of a, a guy that flies under the radar as one of the better coaches in uh, in NCAA basketball, and it, it did for a lot of this game. I mean, it had the feel of one of those postseason games or one of those a tournament style game. Um, you know what you got out of Isaiah Livers and Xavier Simpson was terrific. We'll talk about them in a second. Uh, Michigan shot fifty six point six percent on the night. They were 9-for-23 from three-point land. Uh, and a team that, generally speaking, a lot of you guys have, have cited the free-throw shooting is an issue with them. They were 10-12 of 12 from the free-throw line on the night. And, and I might be wrong about this, but I don't know if the box score pulled up ahead of me, and, and shame on me for that. But I'm not sure. I don't recall uh, Creighton being at the free-throw line at all. And for the most part, I thought the game was officiated terrifically. Weren't a ton of fouls called in the first half. Anytime that happens, I always worry that water will find its level and it'll become a ref show in the second half. Uh, it didn't. They let the they let the guys play, and that you know at least through the first week of the season, that's probably one of the more entertaining college basketball games that that have been played yet. So, shout out to the refs for not making it about them and letting two really good teams. Uh, we don't know if they're really good, but two competitive teams go at it. Let their play decide things. So. Let's kind of get through the takeaways here quick. Then you'll hear from Juwan Howard. Then we'll get into Scott. So let's talk Juwan Howard quick. After that game the other night, or the other night, it was a week ago, uh, against Appalachian State, you're up by as much as 30. App State gets the lead down to four points. And it was kind of concerning in a vacuum that when things were going sideways as much as they were, Juwan Howard didn't have an answer. Michigan didn't really have an answer. And it was a team that was all out of sorts. And in a lot of ways, this game against Creighton that we saw was a complete and total 180 from last week. Things got too close for comfort last week. Michigan just had to survive that game. Tonight, as we record here on a Tuesday night going into Wednesday, Howard made adjustments. And, you know, the halftime speech was something that Isaiah Livers talked about after the game. Uh, throughout the game, it was a, you know, didn't see it. You know, there were some lapses defensively in the first half, and they had to adjust to that. They were out-rebounded big time, which was a big concern. Um, you know, Joanna Howard called them. You'll hear it here uh, in a few minutes here. The muscle plays that they were outplayed in. Um, but at the end of the day, this was a pretty thorough and consistent performance. Uh, and they started out shooting hot, and and for the most part, maintain that throughout the game. You're not going to shoot 62% for an entire game, but I think they've ended up shooting 54% of the night, so you'll take that. Like I said, they were 9 for 20 from three-point land. Um, For a coach like Juwan Howard to win a chess match, because it was a chess match. I mean, He outcoached Greg McDermott on Tuesday night, a guy who's got almost 500 victories in his career. That's notable. I mean, Howard looked the part in this game. Um, he was pushing all the right buttons. The lineup combos were working. When things weren't going great, Michigan adjusted to it coming out of the locker room. They were much better defensively. Um, first and foremost, like hats off to Jawan Howard for that effort, uh, the coaching effort in this game. Uh, really impressed with, you know, like I said, he just looks looked the part. And again, everything that we see, I'm only like 
I've been upfront about this. In terms of this season under a first-year head coach, I'm only really interested in what happens next. So how do you build off of this? And I think it's a good springboard going into a couple games where I think you play, you'll play you play Elon on next Friday or this Friday, and then a week from Friday you'll play Houston Baptist. I mean, those are two – those are a couple tune-up games. I mean, those those are teams that are, are not great. So um, to go to, – to play – a competitive game like this early on, um, Michigan was expected to win. They were favored to win, but Vegas ain't always right. But they were right tonight. Uh, hats off to, to Juwan Howard, uh, Isaiah Livers, Xavier Simpson. Something that sticks out to me: these guys are the heartbeat of this team right now, and and it's one of those things where when they're not on the floor, it's apparent. Um, both of those guys in that game last week. I think what we're going to see with that this team this year is. Michigan's going to go as those guys go. And for as impressive as Michigan was able to get out to that lead in that App State game last week, those guys didn't play all that well. Um, they stepped up in a big way in this game on, on Tuesday night. I believe, let's do some math here. Uh, Xavier Simpson had 22 points. I, or, I'm sorry, Isaiah Livers had 22 points. Uh, and then Xavier Simpson and John Teske had 17 points each. So... They accounted for 56, yeah, that sounds right, 56 of the team's 79 points. Michigan's going to go as, as I know it's more Livers and Simpson and then Teske, but they're going to go as those guys go. And Xavier Simpson in general, I mean, he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders with you know, being a senior, being the leader on this team, having to kind of reprogram the things that he's learned over the last three or four years at Michigan. Um, so him playing well is, is going to be – Probably what's most critical to Michigan maybe being a tournament team this year and perhaps more. Um, but when Isaiah Livers can step up, and like I said, the the athleticism is apparent. The You know you can see why he's slimmed down. They're going to need him to play a ton. Um, but when he can step up and take the pressure off of Xavier Simpson, as you can see, it just opened things up for, for everyone else. Talked about the rebounding. Uh, if that is, if we're going to pull a negative out of this game, that would be my biggest concern right now. Michigan was out-rebounded 23-10 in the first half. Uh, Ten offensive boards despite, you know, they. I, I think Creighton only had one guy over 6-7. So you had a size advantage there. And, and whether it was effort, whether it was being out of position at times, that was a little disheartening to see. Now, it was mostly even in the second half. Uh, Michigan finally pulled it to within 11 there. Uh, it was 38-27 in favor of Creighton. So things were... Things were better in the second half. Um, again, hats off to making the adjustments there. But um, you can see where we assume that because Michigan has size and is going to you know, be bigger than a lot of the teams that they play on the interior, we assume that that just automatically equates to rebounds. But, again, they're learning new defensive sets. They're, they're still kind of figuring out where they're supposed to be. And then some lucky bounces will kind of play into that as well. So I'm not... Again, it's one game. I'm not going to harp on that too much, but that was that was pretty noticeable. Uh, defensive effort, another thing that we'll talk about, it, it was kind of a, not a head-scratcher, but uh, something that, again, it's going to take some time to figure out. Uh, Creighton went up 30, uh, 41-38 heading into the locker room. And I think uh, Michigan had a really tough time keeping a lot of these Creighton players in front of them in the first half. And, and credit to them, they, they made the adjustment in the second half. Um, 
obviously you you win by 10, so you outscored them by 13 in the second half. Just a really nice job there. Um, you liked what you see. Like I said, with some of these issues that we're going to see in the first you know, the first year of this coaching staff and with how young this team is, especially early on, again, if something bad happens, I'm not going to harp on the bad too much. I just want to see how they respond to it. And on both counts, uh, really in terms of game adjustments, in terms of rebounding, in terms of defense, I was pretty impressed with how Michigan played uh, down the stretch of this game. Uh, something else, a couple other quick ones, then we'll get to Juwan, and then we'll get to Scott. Um, Adrian Nunez uh, is probably, you know, he, he's a guy that's willing to shoot, but right now I'm not sure he's one of your best five. I mean, he's definitely, he's a guy I, I think that you can count on for, for some shooting, and he, he doesn't lack confidence, which is something that, a lot of people were maybe a little bit concerned with coming into this year. Um, still has a way to go defensively. And I think, you know, when you see, when I look at Michigan's best five-man lineup right now, to me it's Simpson, it's Eli Brooks, it's DeJulius, and then Livers and Teske. Uh, the three-guard look is has been pretty impressive. I didn't know if that would be the case because, obviously, Eli Brooks had offensive questions coming into the year. David DeJulius, young guy, had some moments last year, but again, a, a young guy that you're depending on. All three of those guys, and we know what Xavier Simpson is, but the other two in particular are, you know, when we talk about positionless basketball and combo guards, like those guys seem comfortable on and off the ball. Um, and I think when Michigan really starts, you know, when, when things are really starting to cook for them, I think all three of those guys are on the floor. So, um, Again, there are certain situations where it's going to work better than other situations. Um, but those guys don't lack confidence, and, and they don't. And Juwan Howard, really, with all these guys, um, you know, you look at the shot selection, he wants good shots, but if a guy has an open shot, he's got the green light to go with it. And all three of those guys, Simpson, Brooks, DeJulius, uh, you know, you, you got to like what you saw out of them on Tuesday as well. Um terms of Simpson uh, this is kind of where we'll wrap things here uh, pick and roll game with Simpson and John Teske especially later in the game was impressive I think Michigan has something there you want to see him build off of that um, you know, Teske in general I think people were expecting more from him in the first half but you know he kind of was sort of your closer late because then when this is where your guys making your shots just opens everything up because when guys are making shots, they can't just double in on John Teske. And when you can take advantage of those matchups, especially against a team that is quite a bit smaller than you are, um, that that's a big deal. And it does seem like he's he's got a few more post moves. I think we'll continue to see him develop there. Um, you got to like what you've seen out of all those guys. So uh, that's enough of my voice here. Um, We've got a lot to get to, so I'll put in, I'll, I'll throw in Juwan Howard right here, and then we'll get right into Scott Bell. So here's Juwan Howard. Well, defensively, we did a better job in the muscle areas. Um, did a better job of protecting the paint. Um, did a better job of getting rebounds. 50-50 balls. We made some adjustments there. First half, we just we just got beat up on the, on the muscle areas. Uh, loose balls, offensive rebounds. They scored like 24 points in the paint. Uh, it just wasn't Michigan basketball in the first half. 
you let him know about it at halftime? Excuse me? Did you let him know about it at halftime? What was your message? Of course I let him know. That's my job, <laughs> to, uh, to hold them accountable, uh, make sure that they're doing their job. Uh, the message is clear, and they, they did it. They, they applied what we teach, what we worked on throughout the week to prepare for it. Great. Middle with Orion. Come on, what do you think allowed Xavier to be so effective on the ball screens? Because he's patient, um, he's very crafty and smart. Our bigs can do a better job of screening, which I will uh, help them get better in that area uh, by screening um, screening angles to allow Xavier to be able to get downhill to make plays for himself or for others. He had the six turnovers in the opener. How have you seen him handle the learning curve of the new offense so far? Well, it's a new offense for him and not for all of them. So there are going to be some, some growing pains throughout the process. Uh, hopefully, uh, it's the, with the growing pains that there are, um, we get better while through that process is happening. But I trust we will. Over here with Daniel. Jamal, what did you make of Isaiah Levis tonight? Shot well about 50%. Oh, he made some big shots for us. Um, he's a super confident player uh, for his height. He does a really good job of getting elevation on his jump shot. He's confident. Uh, he knows we have confidence in him. Um, I just want to continue to keep feeding the confidence in not only just Isaiah, but all our players. Uh, fortunate enough for Isaiah, he, he stepped up big. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Being that it is Michigan-Michigan State Week. Uh, there's a lot of rivalry fodder between both sides, uh, both fan bases right now. It's just kind of the way things go, especially in an in-state rivalry. Now, being that one side of the equation here just managed to suffer somehow its worst and, and most embarrassing loss of the season to this point and hasn't won since September, uh, Spartan fans are a little bit quiet right now. Uh, of course, we're familiar with that. We know how... Things went at the end of the Brady Hoke era a few short years ago and all that. But no matter what the stakes are, and here's the list of cliches, throw the records out, all of that. There's one person that routinely manages to get a rise out of Spartan Nation like no other. And if you're on Twitter, you know who that is already. He doesn't need an introduction. What better time to have on uh, other than Scott Bell? Uh, Scott, welcome to the show. We're glad to finally have you here. Uh, thanks for having me. I am I'm honored to be a uh, front of mind when it comes to this week. <laughs> uh, in more ways than one, I've, I, for both fan bases, really. Um, so we'll start out here. Scott, you're in media, media, you're a Michigan grad, you've got a job in the industry, and I'd say 
mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. I'd say you lead a pretty normal life with, with a wife and, and children. So let me ask you this. How do you explain to people that what you tend to do online uh, on the side is you have people, social media ablaze? How do you explain that to people? Or do you? Is that your little secret? Now, is, is, is that a polite way of saying, Scott, how, how do you get away with being a lunatic? <laughs> it could be. I, I don't, I don't um, see it that way. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, I, I, I don't think it's a big secret. Uh, I, I don't really hide behind anything. I, I put my name out there. Uh, my work account is linked to my, my Michigan account. So, I mean, th- there's no hiding behind it. I, I just try to have a good time. Uh, I, I, I think my reputation is probably a little worse than what, what's actually coming, uh, what's actually coming out. Uh, I, I don't think I'm overly inflammatory or, uh, or anything like that. I just, I just try to have a good time. Obviously I'll, uh, I'll, uh, be a little bit of a pest and kind of, uh, uh, be a little persistent with some things and, and, uh, and, and pick on our friends from, uh, from up the road in East Lansing, but uh, in, in general, uh, it really is all in good fun. I, I actually have pretty good relationships with a lot of the people uh, in Spartan Nation, a lot of the people that cover the team, uh, and it, 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 it's it's all in good fun. Uh, I, I've got people at work that follow me on both accounts and, and kind of know what's going on, and as long as I'm able to kind of <clears throat> balance things out, I, I, I think it's all good. So, uh, yes, I, I do try to, to lead a, a, a regular life, um, and a, a lot of what I'm doing in, in Dallas with my other job is uh, more managerial stuff that's a little stuffier and can get monotonous and there's not a whole lot of creative outlets. So that, that, that's kind of what this account is. And it's to, uh, to still kind of get to be a fan. Um, when, when I covered Michigan, obviously I wasn't uh, doing any of this because I think impartiality and, 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 and covering the team properly is, is, uh, is important when it's your job. But now that I'm in Dallas, I don't have really any conflicts of interest with Michigan. Then uh, yeah, I, I love still getting to be a fan because I think a lot of journalists end up being uh being really cynical and, 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 and kind of fall on to love with sports. And it's cool that, that I kind of still get to do the best of both worlds because I really do enjoy my job and getting to be a journalist too. Yeah. I mean, it can, I mean, not, not that I'm some big time journalist or anything like that, but it does get a little robotic and to be able to sit there and have fun with it and, and fire off a silly tweet here and there. And, and that's what they are. I mean, it, it's, I think that the reaction that you tend to get from a lot of these these people, um, you know, whether it be Spartan fans or whoever you poke fun at, um, you know, it's it's the quote unquote just tr- being triggered online uh, response. It's it, it's I, I can't recall a time it's ever not been that. So, uh, but you're a clever guy. I think most of them hilarious, quick witted. So let me ask you this: What is outside of it being a rivalry? What is the genesis of Michigan State as the the target here? Is it simply maybe you had a, f- a few funny Michigan State tweets here and there, and that's what got them the most pissed off, and it just you know you pick from there? Or, or, so how did that work? I, I mean, honestly, it's 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 the lowest of lowest hanging fruits. Uh, if if you tell me Michigan gets to win one game, uh, or if Michigan can only beat Mi- Michigan State or Ohio State. 
I would choose Ohio State in a second, but what am I going to, like, how am I going to talk crap about Ohio State over how the last decade has been? I would love to be able to pile into Ohio State, but I have some sort of self-awareness. I'm not going to say, oh, Ohio State sucks. Like, or Michigan's better than Ohio State. No, that's not true. So I, I, I think really it's largely a product of just where we're at um, in, in, in terms of the hierarchy of things. And I think Michigan State fans got a really, really skewed per- perception of where they sort of stood in the college football landscape based on how things went during the, the Rich Rod and Hope years. And I think that's made them really, really, really easy targets because – there are a lot of Michigan State fans with really flawed logic and opinions, and they provide a lot of low-hanging fruit. And I'm I'm uh, I'm not disciplined enough to, to let it slide. And I, I I really like to point out when people say stupid things, and <laughs> the, the majority of that space is filled by Michigan State fans right now. Yeah, and if Michigan State like, is there even a Michigan State version of like? what you've done i mean i'm sure if there was though it'd be like you know tip of the hat shake your hand well done sir but i, I don't think there is that so and they do tend to, yeah. to fire up their own type of ammo so yeah there there, there, there are people that are, that are winning and, and have good things to say but uh i and, and i will tip my hat when 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 that does happen there's one thing i really try to pride myself in and like like this week like like you mentioned in the intro, there's not a whole lot of chatter coming from Michigan State. Um, there is chatter coming from me, but at the same time, when when it was the Hoke era or whatever, like I'm still going to talk crap and like try to enjoy the rivalry because really, like the games itself are fun. But what I really love about college football is there can be that banter, and I, I don't think it's. It, it just, it's not necessarily the same thing as bandwagon, but it, in, in a sense, it kind of is. Like, it's not it's not fun to only revel in a rivalry when your team is going to win or when you think your team is going to win. So I'm gonna like I'm gonna jabber regardless, and because I think that's like the journey to the game and the path to the game is like half the fun, and I think that's what makes college sports so unique. Is you have that sense of team and, and, and ownership and hey that's my school and I'm gonna like I'm gonna defend it and I'm going to like try and uh, be a part of this path to it and and I think it's important to kind of do that regardless and uh, but when when I'm when I'm talking and, and, and I try to pride myself in this like if I'm gonna talk crap leading up to a game and Michigan ends up losing like I'm not gonna disappear for two weeks and just like pretend like I didn't say anything. Like I'm going to sit there and take my medicine. Like if I'm going to talk crap, then I'll, I'll take my medicine. And I think what we're seeing from Michigan state this week is they're not talking that crap or those that will, will disappear or what a lot of people are doing. Michigan state is just like overly talking down their team. They're like, Oh, we suck. We're not going to win. We're not going to win. We're not going to win. And then if they win, they'll be like, yeah, we're the best. And, and it's not like, Michigan, Michigan State week wouldn't be fun for me if all I did leading up to the game was saying, oh, Michigan sucks. Like, that's just, it's it's kind of, yeah. that would be a little bland to me. Well, it's it's like, 
lost in the grand scheme of this is that we only get, what, 12, 13 of these a year? So it's like you have to revel and have fun with it. Like no matter what – if your team sucks, you just you you just have fun with it. All, that's all you can do is laugh. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's just college football fans in general. Um, you hear from everyone when things are going great, and when things are going bad, you just hear from how everyone sucks. So, uh, but – so Spartan fans get riled up, but but let's talk about our own here for a second. Being that you're, I mean, with two Twitter accounts, with you know, being in media and then kind of being plugged into Michigan Twitter as well. For a lot of people here, it's been an interesting season on both sides of the spectrum. Uh, you know, with the Wisconsin game was, I think you could we could argue maybe the lowest of the lows that we've seen in like the last five years, and then Notre Dame is is right up there with the highest of the highs. So, I guess what would you make of Michigan and and Michigan's fans right now and where their headspace is at? And I guess as a follow up, I guess kind of what how would you sum up this season so far? Uh, I mean, by by all fair and objective measures, I think the season's a disappointment. And I think you, you're going to be in that spot regardless. Uh, beating Ohio State, like winning out, beating Ohio State, I, I think most people would be happy with the 10 and 2 season. But you're basically moving the goalposts and changing what the expectations were of the season if you're trying to convince yourself it's anything than a disappointment. And that's, uh, I mean, year five of Harbaugh, you want a conference title and that's unless the unforeseen happens, that is not going to happen. Uh, that being said, in terms of where Michigan bat right now and how it's playing, I think it's trending in the right direction. And I think this is, this could be the first time in the Harbor era that the team really is peaking at the right time. Um, that's obviously all going to be decided in, in Ann Arbor in a couple weeks, but, uh, um, it's it, it's kind of a sunk cost at this point with how poorly the the Wisconsin game went. Um, I I don't think again year five of Harbaugh. I don't think you're in the position to have a quote unquote good loss. But the Penn State loss was a better loss than what Wisconsin was, and obviously um, things have been improving since then. So uh, it all kind of depends on how you're looking at it, but when you take a step back and really uh, sort of grade the season, it, it, it's a disappointment. There's two losses, and uh, there's still the, probably the best Ohio State team Michigan has faced uh, in years still looming and in, in, in waiting in a couple weeks. Not, not, with standard, not to even mention the Indiana game, which on the road, that's going to be a really tricky game too, and I think that uh, – that has a real trap game feel to it. If a seven and two opponent can really be a quote trap opponent. Yeah. Uh, so let, let's go back in time a little bit here. So why don't you take us through your background a little bit and the types of things that maybe you were involved with as a student or as part of, you know, you, you wrote for the daily, correct? Yes. Uh, so I was, Oh God, this will make me feel old. Uh, I was, I went to Michigan. I graduated in 08. Uh, so I covered, covered the softball team my freshman year. That was the year, um, Michigan won the national championship. So that was actually a really, uh, fortunate time and, uh, kind of, kind of where I fell in love with journalism. I went to school, uh, wanting to be a lawyer, uh, and then got really 
involved in the daily and uh, it's, it's, it's kind of been history from there. Uh, but then sophomore year, uh, that was still Tommy Amaker era. I covered the basketball team. Uh, that was a team that went to the NIT finals, uh, which sadly in, in 2006, that was an accomplishment for the basketball program for where it was at. Um, and then my last two years in 07 and 08, uh, I covered the football team. I was also the uh, sports editor of the daily. So kind of just, um, ran that whole operation. And uh, those last two seasons, uh, my junior year, it was Michigan going to the Rose Bowl against USC. So that was a pretty good season. And then uh, my senior year, was, that season started off with Michigan Appalachian State. So I think everyone knows how that went. But uh, in terms of getting to cover the team, it was actually a really great season to get to cover because um, obviously as a student, you're disappointed that Michigan lost to Appalachian State. But it's a it's a great storyline. Uh, Michigan ended up going on an eight-game win streak that season. I don't think a lot of people remember that. Um, and then that was the year where the season ended with Michigan-Florida in a bowl game. Michigan was a double-digit underdog, and uh, it was Lloyd Carr's last game, and Michigan beat Tim Tebow, Urban Meyer in Florida, turned Lloyd off on the shoulders, and it was a really kind of cool poetic ending to that season. And then that whole offseason was kind of my last um, hurrah with the Daily, and that was the – Rich Rodriguez coaching search, which was uh, interesting in itself. Um, so, yeah, I kind of covered Michigan sports through that uh, lens, worked at the Detroit Free Press for about two and a half years out of college. And then uh, in 2010, I moved down to Dallas to uh, help run the sports department down there. And I have been there for almost 10 years, which makes me think about 75 years old <laughs> that's awesome though um something i just thought of this when you were talking about the time that you were there i mean what was it like to go i mean seeing as you covered like the tail end of lloyd carr into rich rod what was it like could, could did you get a sense at a time at that time that there was like these big not only philosophical changes but just some of the traditions were going by the wayside and it was a no, that's that's a fairly interesting time to be on the Michigan beat, especially it kind of kicked off ten or you know ten or so years of you know some really some really dark times for the program. Did you get did you get a sense of that at all, or what was the vibe at the time? I it, with with the guise of hindsight, I think you can see um, see some of the things. I think there were certainly indications that there were still Lloyd guys in the athletic department and even part of the program that probably weren't necessarily on board with Rich Rodriguez. And then there were, were obviously traditions that could and probably should have been extended by Rodriguez that probably would have made the transition a lot easier that he didn't embrace. So he kind of made it harder on himself, but um, in the moment I, th there was a lot of excitement. Uh, I, I, I think Michigan fans, really thought it was time to kind of embrace kind of modern offense. And um, I mean, West Virginia was an exciting team and uh, out, if they hadn't have been upset by Pitt in, in, in uh, the season finale in Rich Rod's last year, they were, they were going to be a team playing in the national championship. So there, it, it nobody expected it to land on Rich Rodriguez when the coaching search happened. Um, and I think, there was still a little bit of shock at how it landed, but I, I, there was a lot of optimism at the time. And obviously when the 
on-field product uh, <clears throat> happened that next fall, a lot more cynicism kind of creeped in. But in that moment, especially in that offseason when um, I was still kind of covering the team for the for the daily, uh, that there was that excitement and there was that prolonged battle for Terrell Pryor between Michigan and Ohio State. And um, yeah, it was it, it was a good time to be covering the team. Um, and, and and again, it's it feels different in hindsight now, but it was, uh, there was definitely no lack of excitement or eyes on the program. And I think when you're covering a team, that's the worst thing you can be is kind of irrelevant and just not bad enough to have people really panic, but not great enough to really be great. And, uh, dullness definitely was not a factor at that time. Yeah. And how interesting that it's, uh, you know, Michigan fans were set to embrace uh, a modern offense and, and things like that back in, you know, late 2007, early 2008, and then here we are, 10, 11 years later, and like they're still they'll, they're still working on modernizing it, and, and and get it seems like they're getting there now, but um, it seems like you know almost 20 years into the decade, Michigan's finally almost there. So let's I'm gonna pivot back to Michigan, Michigan State here. Uh, more of a general question. I mean, this could go any which way. Uh, do you have a favorite or multiple favorite moments from this rivalry that we'll see played out on Saturday? Yes. Um, extends back to my college time again, but uh, it's going to be a tough one to beat Michigan. Michigan State my freshman year was the, the Braylon game where Michigan's down 17 with seven minutes and change to go and, and Michigan comes back, sends it into overtime and uh, uh, ends up winning in, in overtime. That was a, uh, a classic game. Uh, I had people that were like in my hall in the dorm and some of my buddies. Uh, I talked to one buddy out of leaving a couple other buddies actually left in that fourth quarter and they missed one of the greatest comebacks in, in, in school history. So that was definitely cool. Um, uh, the, uh, what year would that be? I guess it would be 2008, uh, would be my, would be up there as well. And that's Michigan coming back to beat East Lansing, uh, or to beat Michigan State in East Lansing. I guess maybe that was 2007. I was my senior year. Uh, I guess, yeah, I think it's 2007 when, uh, Henny the Manningham late, uh, and then that's when Mike Hart had the, the, uh, little brother comments, which I was about, 10, 15 feet away from him in that press conference when I was saying, or when he was saying that. And, uh, boy, that's, that certainly opened the door for a lot of, uh, rivalry fodder over the years. So that was, that, that was a cool experience to be at too. Um, but, uh, yeah, those are, those are kind of a few that will resonate probably for quite some time. And I think a lot of it has to do with, um, where I was at that time, like being a student, the, those games kind of, feel a little differently and you kind of have uh, more extended memories for that. All right. So here we're almost wrapping up here, but right now I'm going to give you an open forum here. Uh, you're able to vent on anything Michigan state, Michigan related on one condition. Like you have to unlock this first. You have to say the nicest thing you can possibly think of about the Spartans first. So let's, what do you have? Oh God, on the spot. This is difficult. Uh, the nicest thing, thing I can say about Michigan State is that um, Michigan State fans, the nicest thing I can say about Michigan State is that they help uh, 
they help Michigan's national brand by um, bumping up their ratings because Michigan State fans would rather watch a Michigan game than a Michigan State game. So the reason Michigan game Michigan has such this great national brand is that both they're both Michigan fans' favorite team to watch and Michigan State fans' favorite team to watch. Awesome. So that's a, that's a compliment. I didn't say it didn't have to be snarky, so I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> that's, 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 that's kind of a given by having me on here. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, all right, so here you go. Open forum. Uh, anything on Michigan State that it could be something you said, it could be something that you need more than 280 characters for, the floor is yours. Oh, God. Uh, you know, I, I I really don't have much right here. Uh, I'm trying to trying to empty the clip over the, over the course of the week on, on Twitter, <laughs> but... Uh, um, yeah, just, just, just keep getting angry because you make my job a lot easier when it comes to, uh, um, riling people up because the, the dirty little secret is if, if, if you stop getting pissed off, if I tweet something about Michigan state, I probably stop doing it, but you keep, uh, you keep providing a low hanging fruit and getting mad and, uh, misspelling things while you're getting mad so I can retweet that, then it's, it's just kind of the gift that keeps on giving. So, so please keep being you Michigan state fans and uh, I will keep being me. All right. Well, we'll see. Those were two nice things. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. That, that one was genuinely I, nice. Kill, kill them with kindness. There you go. Uh, so last one, before we get you out of here, obviously Michigan is a two touchdown favorite. Just how do you see this weekend going on the field? Are, are you, Given what we've seen from Michigan State, is there worry from you that you might get them playing out of their minds, or, or do you? A lot of people just seem to think that this, the bottom, has fallen out, and this might be a disaster for them. So, where do you stand on, on the game this weekend? Yeah, in in a vacuum, given this actual week, I could absolutely see this being a bottom falls out, um, like thirty four nothing game where. Like just just seeing what's coming out of East Lansing earlier this week with the concussion stuff and everything with Mark D'Antonio, I do think that's a possibility. But the fact of the matter is, you're always going to get Michigan State's best shot. I will not go into this game expecting it to be a blowout. I just don't. I don't think that's a safe bet when it comes to this because even no trolling or trolling aside, like this is what Michigan state has to play for. Um, and, and it would be, it would be what they have to play for, even if they're having a pretty good year. But now that the wheels have come off, like this is the last thing they can sort of focus on to, to kind of turn things around. So you are going to get their, their best shot. Um, my conventional wisdom going into any Michigan, Michigan state game is, uh, especially a game like this where it's two point or a two touchdown line is, take Michigan to win and take Michigan state in the points. Cause even if it's a 27, 10 game late, Mark Antonio is absolutely going to do anything in his power to score in the final minute. Um, it, the, uh, the game in East Lansing a couple years back where Jabril Peppers like returned the two point conversion for the, the touchdown to end the game or with like one second left, like people forget, like, I mean, the game is completely over and Mark Antonio is like calling timeouts down the stretch because he wants to do anything he can in this power to uh, make the box score look a little better. So way I see it, uh, if I had a gun to my head, which I could have a gun to my head this weekend because a Michigan State fan will maybe be mad and break into my house or something. Uh, 
give me 27, 27 14 uh, late touchdown by Michigan State gives them a backdoor cover. Okay, and can you can you give us like a safe word to, or safe phrase to tweet out in case that does happen this weekend? So like anyone <laughs> anyone who heard this like will know what's going on. I will I will tweet a genuinely nice comment about Michigan State with no like hidden messages or hidden snark or anything. Uh, if that's happening, that's my way of right. blinking twice to let you know I'm in danger. Yeah, we'll call we'll call if we see that. So uh, all right, well. Scott, I appreciate your time. You can follow Scott on Twitter at sbell021. You already do if you're listening to this. That's why you're here. But, hey, tell tell your friends. And tell your Spartan friends, too. Sometimes, you know, let's get them involved in this week. It doesn't seem like they're here yet on a, you know, we record here on a Tuesday for the Wednesday pod. But, Scott, I appreciate your time, man. Uh, We'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks for having me. You guys have a good day. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Follow the website at Maze and Brew. Subscribe. Uh, get our shows wherever you can. Uh, Maze and Brew podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your shows. We'll be back tomorrow with an episode of Future Brew. Your sports team is vastly inferior. That simple thing is plainly obvious to see. We're going to kick your collective posterior. Of course you realize we're speaking figuratively. Our stats are thoroughly impressive. Our coach really has a vital touch. Our players are fast and strong and brave. And your guys, not so much. In fact, we played teams across the nation. And you're the worst one we've come across. Try to assimilate that information And it just might help you cope with your impending loss Oh, and if somehow we are still failing To effectively articulate the points at hand Allow us now to summarize them in a manner That your feeble brains can understand We're great, great. and you suck suck. We're great, great. and you suck We're great, and you suck You see there's us, and then there's you You suck, we're really, really great In contrast, you really suck Okay, full disclosure, we're not that great But nevertheless, you suck Swift defeat, that theory's backed up by empirical evidence. We're gonna grind up your guys into burger meat. Again, of course, we're speaking in the figurative sense. What's the use of even going through the motions when you know that you're gonna lose anyhow? So why don't you save us all sometime?